Do you remember when we ran a leadership program? This is maybe six years ago. It was actually a reunion of a leadership program. So we were out in a restaurant. And the question we asked, and we went around the table, was uh, about age. And the question was, what is your physical age? What is your mental age? I don't think we asked about the emotional age. We might have just combined the mental mm. age, you know, basically how old you feel you are in your mind and how old you feel you are in your body. So we didn't talk about biological age. Do you mm. remember that? Mm, no, but that's because I don't remember it as much as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that then? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a, a leading to a topic that we haven't necessarily packaged it as aging, but it's related to age and what we do to stay agile in the body and in the mind and in the spirit, I guess. Mm -hmm. But could you answer that question for yourself now? If you, if I asked you, what is your, what do you feel? How old do you feel? Is there a number to that feeling? And yeah, that it's, in, I think it's a little bit younger uh, than I, than my. It's called physical age, my chronological age. Well, I suppose that I would then, with, yeah, so biological age, the physical. So, how old do you feel well, in you your see, body? I think there's a difference between chronological age, so your actual age, right? The number, which is next month I'll turn 55. Then, biological age is something that you can calculate using different measures. Um, and then, uh -huh. uh, so how old is your body really? Um, which is basically a, 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 an estimate of health. And then your mental age or your emotional age, maybe those two combined, is really how old do you feel? I I feel, well, you know, yesterday we were talking about it, seeing people of my age walking past, and then I think they look quite old. But that's me, right? From when people look at me. So I see people of my age, and I think they're older than I am. And I think that's quite normal for people my age. <laughs> I find it very interesting. I think it's the same when you ask people about, uh, you know, whether they consider themselves being more or less smarter than the average, or or better or a worse driver than the average. And people always consider themselves above average, mm. which is also interesting. Mm. So, but um, yeah, I I think the idea why we have touched on this topic so many times is because it's a, uh, it's it's loaded somehow, and. Uh, I mean, we have ideas about age. I definitely have many ideas about age if I talk about my personal experiences, but also society. If you look at anything from recruitment to retirement age, we talked, we touched upon that yesterday. Mm. The idea that the retirement age is, you said 65 well, in the I UK? I think it used to be, at least when I was growing up, it used to be 65 in Holland. I don't know what it is. It might be 63 or it might in many be older. Countries, it's between 65, 67 and, mm. and around there. So the idea that, because we were talking about your age, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. Why Why is it not, why do you not talk about age with women? I mean, yeah. I'm, I turned 50 last year, so I'm happy to talk about age. But there is something still you don't ask about a woman's age. Why would that be? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's really inter I mean, there's so many things we can we can talk about here uh, related to age. I, 
one of th- one of the things that comes to mind immediately is that perhaps one of the reasons I do feel that I'm younger than my physical age, my chronological age, is because I do seem to hang out with people, or quite quite a lot, hang out with people that are much younger, as in at least a decade, probably two decades younger, and that's quite normal, in particular at work. Um, so maybe I just sort of start to identify a bit more with the with the generation of these, say, the older millennials, sort of turning forty around, you know, last year, this year, next year. Uh, you know, a range thirty-five to forty-five. But I don't. I mean, my friends are my age, my best friends, my old friends. But I do hang out, and, it, and I think that might have to do with that. I'm not entirely sure that I find myself surrounded, in particular when I'm in Stockholm by people that are 15 years younger or so, or 20, actually. Yeah. So a couple of things um, that that made me make me think is, one is around um, the mental age, and if you stay curious and open and uh, willing to change, I mm-hmm. believe that has a positive impact on longevity or you could also say a negative impact on aging. <laughs> mm. I think you stay young in mind if you're open to try new things, if you're open to change. And I do think that there is something generally, if I generalize, around getting older and not wanting that anymore. Mm. So uh, somehow deserving not having to change anymore. Yeah. And, and I'm not entirely convinced myself that it's because we can't. You say you can't teach an old dog to sit. I actually don't believe in that and I also think there is now uh, research and studies to to prove that the brain and uh, how the brain is wired does change mm. so we can't really say that there is uh, data to back up the fact that you don't change when you get older you can't but the other thing we looked at yesterday so we are still in in the south of Spain so we were sitting outside at a cafe people were doing their morning exercise we were not, so we were sitting there having a big breakfast. But we were looking at people. And I think when we started talking about age then, it also came down to physically how fit are you? So somebody, if you look at weight, for example, there's some, I think there's a connection between how you perceive people and how mm. their body weight, mm. which can sound very judgmental. But there's something about staying fit that also, if your body is physically fit, maybe it has a positive impact on your mind. Hmm. It doesn't have to, I suppose. But It reminds me of a, a concept that a friend of ours told me when I had dinner with her a few months ago. And she talked about the settle point, the point when you settle. And this is the point when you stop. We talked quite a lot about what, what that then, what it is. But it's the point when you stop being curious, you stop being adventurous, when you settle. It's not necessarily related to retirement, but there's probably a, a connection there. But you sort of stop being curious, stop being adventurous, stop perhaps looking after yourself. There's some kind of, and that point, uh, that settle point, settling point. Um, so it's not as actually academically defined or anything what that means, but we, you know, you can have, you can get a feel for what that might mean. I think. One of the things about aging is, I think for me, is to not go there, <laughs> basically never settle, 
never stop being curious, never stop learning, never stop being adventurous, and and always being excited for the for the next adventure, whatever that might be. It's easier than if you have a value around learning mm. or curiosity, mm. which you and I share. Mm. So there's this saying that, uh, you know, now I'm old enough not to care what others think. Mm. You know, that's what we say, and we usually use it in a positive way, but maybe that's not so positive. Maybe we should care about what others think. Maybe mm. that's part of uh, making an effort. And maybe it's good to make an effort. Mm. We talk about resilience. So making an effort in physical exercise is good. So you put, there's some resistance and you work through it. Mm. And that's how muscles grow. What if it's the same with behavior and mind and the emotions? To make an effort. Yeah, to find challenges and to overcome them. Yeah. Mm. And we also say, you know, becoming a, usually we say man, a grumpy old man. But I suppose you could say grumpy old woman as well. Mm. So there's something about that as well that justifies the fact that you're old and therefore you become grumpy by default. Yeah, there, that's really funny because I do feel that sometimes in me. It's like, oh, you know, I'm too old for this. Um, but I really want to prevent myself from prevent myself from feeling that really. And and I think one way is to hang out with younger people. Um, so just going back to what I said earlier, this this sort of hanging out with people that are half a generation younger than me. Full generation younger is a completely different. Uh, Your children, basically. My children, yeah. So my son, who's 20, uh, it's quite difficult sometimes to follow what he's talking about when he's mm -hmm. talking about what is you know, present for him in his, his life. I don't use social media, social media and, you know, yeah, Gen Z uh, is, obviously, it's, it's quite a lot about social media and, you know who are the influencers in, in in his age group and how does that work and oh, that's actually quite complicated so i find that more difficult but with half a generation younger so the 35 to 45 years old i find that um keeps me fresh and stop me from settling and um and similarly i also quite like hanging out with people that are quite a lot older than me as you know i've got some very good old male friends all in their mid to late 60s probably about three or so who I really get a lot of value out of. And probably it's for them the other way around because they're half a generation older than me, if you like. Mm. Yeah, it's not quite as old as my father would have been, but but halfway or so. Yeah. So I think there's something about going, you know, being quite flexible in terms of how you are, the, 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 the ages of people that you hang out with and that you're mm. friends with and that you connect with and that you have dinner with and so on. I like that. And it's also thinking about um, wisdom or experience and, and how, we, how we can share our own wisdom with, I suppose, the half generation younger, but how we gain the experience and wisdom from the half generation, generation older. So we can still connect, we can still relate. Yeah. And we <clears throat> still, I suppose, the word that comes to me is relevant. So it's still relevant what I have to share. Mm. But if the gap is too big, it might be difficult to both gain it and to give it away. Or yeah, there, and so there's something that there's a two-way process. So we are, as you know, we're talking about here, we, we are getting quite a lot from people that are half a generation younger than us. But they are also getting a lot from us because we're half a generation older than them and the other way around. So... 
but I don't think it's that common or or obvious for people to hang out with people that are half a generation older or younger than them. Because if you think about it, it's quite normal to hang out with people your own age, your friends from school or your friends from university or your best friends or whatever, the parents from the from the friends of your kids. Uh, I mean, people are generally hanging out with people that are of their own age or similar age. And I'm not sure whether people have as much opportunity as we do or I do, perhaps, to hang out with people from different generations, if it's maybe it's half a generation older or younger. Um, but that people should probably make an effort to do that. And I didn't go out and, you know, I didn't try to seek older friends. I just ha happened to run into them in the last five to 10 years is some people that I, um, I really value their, uh, their, their company and hang out with them. And they're just, you know, quite a lot older than me, 10 to 15 years older. And if we look at the corporate world, we talk about diversity, diversity and inclusion, mm. and the aspect of age in diversity and in some work groups that I think we both have at clients, you can see that they might have succeeded with diversity in one aspect, and very often we talk about gender diversity. But age diversity is so important for results. Think about how, I mean, if everybody in a work group isn't the same age, which perhaps might be the age where you have small children, that's going to push push the um, make the organization less resilient because mm. you you become fragile. Yeah. Uh, if you have a age diversity, the life looks different, mm. and uh, that's just one thing. You yeah. know, talking about the experience, of course, is another, or your mental, emotional maturity is yet another. So you seem to create a positive environment, the more diversity you have, but it's also creating some challenges. And we know that we want to be with people who are like us. So unless we make an effort here, it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do think that it's difficult for corporate organizations to uh, find really good people of different ages. So I, I think most corporate organizations that I know well, their age um, diversity is not great. I mean, it's basically 90% of the people are within a relatively small range of age, which is young, right? Quite very young. And the only people that are older than 40 are management team or senior. Uh, it's quite normal, especially in technology. I also think then it's normal because both you and I work in entrepreneurial organizations yeah. that are quite young in themselves. Yeah, if you yeah. were working for a big industrial company that's been around for for you know 100 years yeah maybe it, it will be different yeah so it is about where we are i believe mm. um so and the other thing i i guess you know i've been talking about is health and uh, becoming older and and health and physical exercise and what that means and uh, how you stay fit is one word but i think the motivation to exercise eat well sleep well become slightly different the older you get. And I, I can see this, you know, how, why I do yoga, for example, today is very different from why I did my yoga practice 10 years ago. Mm. Today, this is preventing me from injuries. Mm. Um, 10 years ago, I had different motivations. Yeah. I wanted to be able to do certain 
asanas or positions because they looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as you know, I'm fascinated. Some people might say obsessed by uh, the aging process and the health, the health benefits of lots of different things. So yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know how much we've talked about this on the podcast, but that, that has been a real big yeah obsession of mine over the last year and a half or so. So looking at all the, um, how can we increase our life span, but staying as healthy, healthy as possible also until the end of our lives, uh, which is, I mean, it's huge, the longevity agenda, essentially. So how do we stay all, how can we basically delay aging and dying while staying really healthy? I think that's a super, super interesting topic that, I mean, talk a long time about but one of the things of course is physical exercise and i like running and cycling i love running and cycling and i don't like the gym and i don't like strength work but if i don't do strength work and this is just one of many many examples we can give here if i don't do strength work then my muscles will get weaker and weaker and i might still be quite a fast runner and cyclist and with a very high fitness but my muscles are not getting any stronger so i have to go i have to do some strength work upper body lower body strength work which is i've i don't really enjoy it a huge amount i try to find the ways that i enjoy it most but we have to do that i think when we get a bit older and similarly i mean i look <laughs> i look at butt sugar very differently to five years ago i find it fascinating to to learn about what happens when i eat certain things and in what order i eat certain things and what does that do to my blood sugar and and i know that managing blood sugar will have a massive impact on longevity and not just on on metabolic issues but also on heart issues and dementia and all those type of things so it i find these things very very interesting so it probably comes with age right that you get interested in aging i can't imagine somebody of the age of alec rosi to be interested in aging because they're 18 and 20 i mean they're just interested in now but when you get to a certain age when you start to feel maybe a little bit more aging then you start to get more interested also in the next 30 or 40 or 50 years and i think part of this is um, you can be lucky with your genes so you can look young and feel young because you're you have that set of genes but um the other thing is i suppose to understand more what's going on so the physical side of mm. being a man or a woman in a certain age i think it's interesting to know what it means so that you can work with it rather than just be surprised so take the whole if you take the female cycle uh, of uh, you know aging menopause is part of it which has been a topic that's not talked about very much i think it's coming becoming more open more there's more of a dialogue now than there used to be but I also think that, you know, not fighting aging, but accepting it, but also challenge yourself a bit. So what you were saying about relating to younger or older generations, just to overcome the gap between different ages, have a good physical routine that works now, not the physical routine of a 30-year-old. Mm -hmm. So accept where you are and what you need to work with today rather than what you used to be able to do. But still, you know, put some challenge in there. So don't accept aging. You know, you yeah. don't do it anymore because you're becoming old. But work with it. And when it comes to, this is our area, you know, personal development, the mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever. 
personal development, it doesn't stop just because you become a certain age. You can still develop as a person. And I think you see some people old at age, but still very uh, childish when it comes to emotional control or emotional intelligence, because they probably never really worked with it. And that's fascinating. You can continue working with that throughout the life. Mm-hmm.